what would be your number one recommendation to anybody that's jumping in or any agent that, that may be struggling to make the biggest impact moving forward? Oh, that's such a good question. Thank you. I, I don't <laughs> If I was just starting out, I would say don't give up because I can tell you there were probably times I thought about giving up, but it's easier said than done. Obviously, you need money and you can't continue a business without having a cash flow or... Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. We took our notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies led Craig and I to selling more than $10 million in premium in the last two years. On this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the same results. Just go to live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. If you jump on this call with us, we're certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there. How about keeping the team motivated? I know you talked about you know the spin the wheel, things like that, but, but how about meetings? How often do you run meetings? Do you have a sales meeting every day? What kind of things do you do to make sure everybody's head is always in the game? So for outbound sales, they do meet for about 15 minutes a day and go over numbers, talk about you know good and bad and ugly. Um, for in, our inbound sales team, we don't have those daily meetings as much, but the team as a whole, Inbound, outbound, and service, all managers, we get together once a week on Wednesday mornings through Zoom because there are two agencies, so we connect together. We actually run it like an L10 meeting, which if you're familiar with EOS, an L10 meeting is you go around and talk about the positive, professional, and personal and you talk about any numbers, and then you talk about issues. And we ask them, like, if you guys have issues or anything important you want to discuss, bring it to the the meeting. And we started running our meetings like this probably about a month ago, just because I I think the L10s are super effective. And so I'll have now more engagement from the team because they want to bring an issue to the the weekly meeting. Sorry. And I like it. I'm like, good, bring your stuff. Let's hear about it. So We have that meeting. And then on the inbound sales team, once a week, the inbound sales team meets with one manager. They listen to a call together. They coach on the call. And then the outbound sales team, same thing. They meet with a different manager and get coached on the call. So Awesome. Are you the implementer? I am the visionary. Okay. Yeah. Is mom the implementer? No. Actually, it's my brother who's the implementer. Nice. Mom is kind of, mom works in a business, believe it or not. I mean, she's here every day. She's not here right now because we have, unfortunately, a a family emergency, but she is kind of like a sideline. She's like a a team member. She works with the team. She does the, she manages the inbound team. But if my mom didn't have to necessarily become an agency owner, she probably never would have been. (laughs) (laughs) So I imagine that. I mean, I'm sure that you guys did EOS 
and for anybody that, that doesn't know, it just kind of organizes your the business. But um, I'm sure that, tell me if I'm wrong, is that, you know, you, you have the family involved, everybody's kind of doing everything, stepping on each other's toes, and you wanted to bring that in for clarification and really to grow, I could tell from what you've said. Yes. But I can imagine that since you guys have implemented and defined everybody's role, that you guys get along a lot better. Yeah, I will be honest with you. It We're still not to the point, though, where I think we've separated everything as strategically as we need to. Mm. So, for example, in EOS, they have an delegate and elevate tool. And mm. that tool we've been talking about and we want because basically what it is, is you write down all the things you do and you love to do all the things you do, you like to do all the things you do, but you don't like to do and all the things you do, but you hate to do. And you're supposed to basically delegate some of those tasks. I feel like I'm pretty good at delegating because there's just no way I could take on the world. It's just too much at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But like my mom, for example, she's not a delegator. And so she'll take on way too much and then she'll get herself all stressed out. And so we talk about like protecting our time because as you know, as an agency owner, there's a lot of people that want your time Mm -hmm. um, and time is valuable. And Mm -hmm. so we talk about protecting our time. We've actually come to the team members and said, listen, we have this one to five rule. If it's a five, it's an emergency. But if it's like a one, it can wait. And if I'm in the middle of something, then tell me, is it a one or is it a five? Because if it's a five, fine. But if it's a one, just shoot me an email. You know what I'm saying? It's it's interesting how many people want your attention. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. So let's move on. Since you're the visionary, I would like to know, what are you doing for marketing? What are, what are you doing and where do you, what do you see? that you're going to be doing in the future? Um, So we still kind of do some old school stuff. We have some print on like a local restaurant on their tables. I just did a banner at a local horse association I'm a part of. We will still sponsor teams. Like uh, my brother has a daughter. She's in a soccer league and we sponsored her team. We sponsored many teams in the past. So we'll still do banners, things like that. We used to do parades, but COVID cut the parades. Now they're coming back. So I could see us doing that again. That's more on the local level. Okay. Um, we do a lot. You know, I'm all over Facebook all the time. I like to be engaged and I'm constantly looking for referrals or, you know, the more you're on Facebook, the more referrals you're going to get from other people, especially if you bring value. And I feel like I try to bring value, although, you know, I don't like authority, remember? So, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're doing that. Of course, we're still doing internet leads. We're still doing mailers. We're, we're doing live transfers. We have, I'm trying to think of everything. All I know is I spend a lot of money and and anything that I tell my team members, if you have an idea, bring it to me. You know, we've tried so many things over the years. I hate to tell them no. Like, for example, well, we should go to apartment complexes and give them keychains. I'm like, yeah, that's so passive, you know, and I hate to tell anybody no, but I, I feel like I've done mostly everything before, but I'm willing to listen. If they ever bring me any ideas, I'm open to listening to new ideas and, and different ways to market. So 
We do everything that we think that we can do to generate business. What would you say is your favorite paid lead source? Right now, probably live transfers because they generate the most amount of quotes. Gotcha. Awesome. And then I imagine since the agency's been around for a while, family-owned agency, how important are referrals to your agency and how do you how do you do that? Super important. And I tell the team all the time, guys, if you just ask for referrals, it's free business. You know, the agency doesn't have to pay. Tell them to call you directly. You'll get the sale. We have a referral program, of course, $10 for every referral that we're able to quote. Then we do a monthly drawing for referrals. We give away a $25 gas gift card. Everybody knows gas is so expensive right now. So why not? You know, yep. but I feel like besides cross sales, the number one business that we write is referrals. It's not necessarily from the efforts of the team. I, I wish it was. I think that they could definitely do better in asking and we talk about it all the time. But I would say that I get a lot of referrals from Facebook. Like I said, I'm on Facebook a lot. I'm on, so I have people that'll tag me and they'll say, Hey, you know, the Connor family agency. And I always say thank you to that person. And then I try to get them to email or call me. If I get a real time referral and I'm not in the office, I immediately send it to the office so that they can work it. Yeah. Uh, You know, and we take really good care of our customers. Customer service is not a thing these days, but right, right. it's a thing. It's amazing. I know. I guess I'm old school in that way. That's what sets us apart from our competitors. So we preach that all the time. You can call us. You can get a hold of us. We're local. You know, talk to us. We'll take care of you. And that definitely helps with referrals as well. How about, so we talked a little bit about onboarding new staff, right? And the steps that you go through, but I think equally as important are onboarding your new clients. What do you do when you bring on somebody who you sold today? What kind of steps do you do to sort of preempt and and lock down that retention on them? So anyone we sell today in within the first, well, in about seven days after the policy closes, Our service person will follow up and make sure that we've gotten all the signatures. There is an email that's sent out. If it's a monoline customer, the email goes, you know, something along the lines of, we hope you're settling in with our company. We noticed that we, you know, wrote your home, but we didn't get your auto policy. Is there any way we were able to quote it? But signatures are super important to our agency because it just helps. We don't want an E&O. And we don't want a situation where a customer is like, I didn't want that coverage. I wanted something different. So we we always try to get signatures. That follow-up process is done in the first seven days. And then we try to get them to opt into texting. So with our texting program, we have to have permission. During the sales process, we try to get them to opt in so that we're able to text them in the future. And that's been super helpful with communication because texting is such a huge thing right now. So... If they have questions, of course, we tell them, email us. But with the onboarding, we just try to collect signatures and um, follow up. For example, if they opt into e-policy, but they don't enroll or they opt into our DriveWise program or I don't know, it's like the device that they have to opt in for a discount. We call and we make sure they've opted in so they don't lose discounts. And that's how we try to retain the first year customers. That is great. 
good stuff for uh, everybody listening. And speaking of listening, besides listening to this podcast, how do you keep yourself motivated to keep coming in every day? I just love what I do. I, not every day. Let me tell me. I, <laughs> there's days I'm like, I need a vacation, but I love what I do. I'm very proud of the business that we've built. And I'm proud of myself. I was 24 years old when I became an Allstate agent. And this year is significant to me because 15 years and I'm going to be 40 this year. And I I just look back and I said, wow, like a 20, I was 23 at the time, actually 23 year old person who knows exactly what they want to do, how they're going to do it. And they actually do it and succeed. I don't think that that's very common. So I'm very proud to say that as a woman business owner, I take a lot of pride in that. My grandfather, he passed away in October, love him to death, but he tried insurance. He said, don't do it. It's the worst business ever. So I, I, I know, but he, he tried a lot of businesses and was never very successful. So I realized that there's something to be said. I'm very proud of that. And I think it motivates me. It also motivates me that I have a team of people and it is my job to make sure that they are successful and that they are able to feed their families. I also want to feed my own family. I have three daughters and they don't eat a lot, but I have two horses and a pig and the two horses and a pig, they eat a lot. So, you know, I got to feed them too. But Who eats more, a pig or a horse? A horse. Okay. Sure. Of course. You barely eat anything. A horse eats more, of course, of course. Of course, a horse, a horse, a horse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I just love what I do. When you love what you do, you don't feel like it's a work, right? Right. hundred percent. And that's how I feel every day. I mean, there are days, guys, when I'm like, do I really have to get out of bed today? But it's rare. I think everybody has those days, you know? Sure. Well, it's just like eating. If you ate ice cream every day, I mean, not every day you'd feel like it. Whoa, whoa, slow down. Yeah. Unless you're crazy. Don't don't say that about ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) There was one. That's my friend. Side tangent, one morning Craig was in a thing of Ben and Jerry's. I'm like, dude, it's like 10 a.m. And he's like, yeah, so? It was summer. He... <laughs> I mean, Perfect. it's hot. It's that hot comment, summer. Exactly. It was summer. Perfect. It was summer. Well, isn't he in Arizona? Melissa understands. Yeah, That's Melissa true. Understands. He is in Arizona. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> listen, I'm not going to lie. My daughter, my five-year-old ate cookies for dinner last night. I was yeah, like, why not? I said, don't tell the babysitter, honey. She'd be so mad at me if she knew that I was going to eat for dinner. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you don't want to get in trouble with the babysitter? No. The babysitter gets on me. She's like, Melissa, what are you doing? I'm like, I just don't argue with these kids anymore. You know, it's just too much arguing. I pick my battles. Yeah, totally. Yeah, That's so funny. Pick my battles. They so. can report you. <laughs> If you make them do anything now, so you got to watch it. What the kid or the babysitter? The kid, the kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. They told so. me to take out the trash. It's abuse. Yeah, yeah, I know all about this. Stuff. <laughs> all about it. So, so, Melissa, what do you think is the uh, biggest change that you see affecting our agencies in the next couple years? A lot of stuff. <laughs> The first thing I'm going to say is the electric vehicle market, because I read somewhere that especially in Nevada, they're trying to make so many, like all vehicles electric by a certain year. I don't know what that is, but 
I figure if we have all electric vehicles, I know how expensive just insuring a Tesla is. It will definitely affect our market, especially if they're self-driving. I don't feel like insurance companies are going to want to insure self-driving cars. And they'd probably have to have their own insurance of some sort because a malfunction is a serious occurrence that you know could be detrimental. So that's my mm. opinion on that. You said the next couple years. So that's far out there, I think. But I think it's 35 in um, California. 2035. I thought ours was sooner, but I don't think it's passed. But I don't know. I'm not, I don't get into politics. I don't have time for all that. I just, just terrible. I know. So the other big things is inflation. I mean, it's crazy. I know it's crazy across the United States, but. Mm. In Vegas, my house alone is worth like 45% more than it was worth three years ago. So I just bought a new car. Well, I bought two new cars. Let me explain. So I leased a vehicle. I didn't like it. So I traded it in for a new car. Both times, the first time it wasn't awful because it was about a year ago now. The second time was about four months ago and they had nothing on the lots. And it's been an issue for months now that they can't, they don't have inventory. So now the vehicle markets are increasing because of supply and demand. So they're overcharging MSRPs Mm -hmm. and, you know, we pay on actual cash value. So these insurance companies paying on a total loss are paying astronomically more money on a total loss than they were a year ago. Yeah, that is definitely going to affect our rates. I mean, I'm concerned about it, but what can we do? I think it'll be industry wide, not company wide. So it's just, you know, it'll all align. But the other part of our industry is with inflation on building homes. So same Mm -hmm. thing, you know, our replacement cost values are probably going to increase, which is then going to increase coverage, which is then going to increase rates. So I think that will definitely affect us. And then for the particular company I work for and for other large companies, I do think that they are trying to eliminate some of the agents that are selling like face-to-face having brick and mortar. I think they're trying to go more online and follow like Geico's model because Geico is so successful. Yeah. And I that scares me because this is my livelihood and this is what I do. So I do want to be one of those agents left over, but I am concerned because there's a lot of great people in this industry that I just don't think will be here a couple years from now. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, a lot is changing in the industry. The The whole landscape is changing. And, and I think that it's so important. I mean, this is just a, a fundamental business necessity is to be able to adjust, right? And in this world that we're in, that has been very slow to adjust, things are starting to pick up very quickly. And if there's one thing I think that we can say to everybody out there that's listening is, is it's important to be able to adjust, especially now. Absolutely. The only thing that's constant is change. And that is so true more now than ever. It is. Things are picking up. I mean, our industry or, or the company I'm with, we started changing back in, say, 2019, there was a big announcement. And then, you know, 2020 and then the pandemic. And you would think that they would slow down a little bit because we're in a crisis. <laughs> it was like, right. nope, there are no breaks to this. And full force ahead. And I just, I really, truly feel for the, like, if I was that same agent that I was in 2007, 2008, 2009, 
I would not be making it through what we're going through right now. There's no way. So I'm grateful that I'm at the place I'm at and my agency is strong enough. We have a lot of premium. We have a lot of clients, but I definitely think we're going to, we're going to see a lot of changes for sure. Yep. Well, that takes us into uh, what you would recommend. Let's let's say you're talking to somebody, and you could be talking right now to many people who are considering jumping into this business. If they if they didn't get scared away by the change talk, but there's still tremendous opportunity here. What would be your number one recommendation to anybody that's jumping in, or any agent that that may be struggling to make the biggest impact moving forward? Yeah, that's such a good question. Thank you. I, I don't, <laughs> if I was just starting out, I would say don't give up because I <sighs> can tell you there were probably times I thought about giving up, but yeah, it's easier said than done. Obviously you need money and right. you can't continue a business without having a cash flow or so I think you know, playing your cards right and doing what's best for yourself. If you're entering the business and you're doing well and you can see yourself in the future, then invest the money and don't give up. Cause I agree. I think that I live a pretty great life financially. And I think if I can weather all the storms, which I have no doubt that I can, that I will retire in this business and I will probably have a really nice retirement. And that's my goal. But for anybody new coming in, it's cyclical. You're not going to always be up and you're not always going to be down. So you have to weather the storms and trucking along because what goes up must come down and what goes down will come up. It's always been that way. So I guess that would be the best advice is know that it's not always bad and it's not always good. I love it. I love it. Melissa, you are an awesome agent. You've done some amazing things with the agency. And earlier you said you said that uh, what you've accomplished as a woman business owner, I would say as just a business owner, regardless of being a woman, you, you've been able to to grow the agency. You guys have been around for a long time. The passion that you have for, for insurance and your agency and just for people comes through very clearly. So uh, we just want to acknowledge that and say thank you. And you're an awesome insurance dudette. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And it was fun chatting with you today. Yeah. Awesome. And keep your eye on the mailbox for a hat that's going to show up. You can proudly proudly display on the Facebooks. I'm going to need that hat for my swimming pool this summer. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. So. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for having me, and I hope to talk to y'all soon. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. See you, Melissa. You too. Hey, what are you still doing here? Well, while you're still here, and while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. Yeah, if you weren't listening before, we took notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies did help Craig and I write over 10 million in premium in the last couple of years. And let me tell you, on this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the very same results. Again, that's live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. And if you jump on with us, we are certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there.